Numbers chapter 13. And let's, we're going to read a few different verses here. Let's read verse 17. Are you there? Verse 17. And Moses sent them out to spy the land of Canaan and said unto them, Go you up this way southward and go into the mountains. Verse 18. And see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. Now, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt to take them where? Into the promised land. And he told them that this promised land would be a land that flows with milk and honey. He was taking them into a wonderful place. And he told them continually, this is where I'm taking you. Now they've come to a place where they're on the border of the promised land. And now the Lord has Moses pick out 12 people who represent every one of the tribes of Israel. 12 tribes of Israel. Take, says, now you go and you spy out the land. Now something you need to understand about these spies is that they were not just the run-of-the-mill folks of, of the tribes. These were folks who were considered princes. They were highly educated. They were taken very good care of. And now these are those that are now have an assignment to go out and check the land. Now notice here in verse 25. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel into the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Well, what did they show them? They said, look, it's exactly what God said. The grapes are as big as watermelons. This place is amazing. It's everything God said. But they didn't stop there. Verse 27. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. Now milk and honey, he's saying that it is the best land. It's got the best stuff. It's not a dry wilderness. It's not an empty place without provision. It's got everything where we are going to enjoy life like never before. Verse 28, nevertheless, say nevertheless. The people are strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now underline that word saw. They saw the children of Anak. When I was preparing this, the Lord showed me something. I just, I, I sensed it very strong in my spirit. And he showed me a fork in the road. And that as we are walking in life and we are moving along in life, you are going to come to many forks in the road. And what that means is that you're going to have a choice to turn left or a choice to turn right. You can go this way or you can go that way. And it's really very simple. It's not deep. It's left or right. It's A or B. It's one or two. It's this way or that way. You got two choices. You go God's way or you go this way, which is any other way. If it's your way, it's not God's way. If it's what it looks like, it's not God's way. You got to find out what is God's way and then go that way. 
if you don't know what God's way is about anything in your life, you need to find out. Put your nose in this book and find out what's God's will about this situation. Whatever you deal with in your life, there is always an answer right here in the book. I don't care if it's a relationship or your health or your money or your job. Whatever it is, it's right here in this book. Amen. He says, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. He even gives you the right answer. You just have to choose which way you're going to go. He also said in the word of God, choose this day whom you will serve. If God be God, serve him. So you have a choice. There's a fork in the road every way you go. This word saw, he says here, moreover we saw. They made a choice when they got to the fork in the road. We're not going to believe God. We're going to believe what we see. And what did they see? They saw Anak. Anak was a great king, a terrible king. And there were giants in the land. And when they saw, fear began to enter into their heart. And there were, there were ten of them that chose the wrong way. Praise the Lord. Verse 29, And the Amalekites, the giants, dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites. See how this is getting bigger in their eyes? See, God is not big in their eyes anymore. Do you realize this is the same God that brought them across on dry land just a few weeks earlier? Just a few weeks earlier, they got up to the Red Sea and there was nowhere for them to go. Nowhere. Nowhere. It was either they're going to die or the miracle is going to happen. Well, guess what? A miracle happened. They turn around and the armies of Pharaoh are coming against them to kill them all. And God raises up a pillar of fire and stops them in their tracks. Then Moses raises up his staff and he stretches it out and the sea parts in two. And three million people walked across on dry land. But how quickly did they forget the miracles of God because of their unbelief? How many have been born again? They sense the power of God. But they didn't continue in the word. And they got off. And they live in any way that they want. You've been bought with a price if you're born again. You belong to God. That's why he said glorify God therefore in your spirit and your body which are his. Every step you go there's a fork in the road. Are you going to do it your way or God's way? It's a choice. Praise God. The Bible also says that no man who sets his hand to the plow to plow a field and turns back is fit for the kingdom of God. Anybody remember Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah? He said, I'm going to bring you out of this thing, but don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. And what did, his wife, what did Lot's wife do? She looked back. What happened? She died just like that. She turned into a pillar of salt. I believe it was a pillar so that we would remember after her example and not do the same thing. Amen. Glory to God. Now check this out. Again, a fork in the road. Verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people. In other words, said, shut up before Moses and said, 
Let's go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah! And what was the truth of the matter? What was the reality of the matter? They were well able to overcome it. Why? Because God said. God said they were well able. All they had to do was choose to believe and go the right way when the fork came. And that's what they chose to do. And I believe with all my heart that the reason they were able to do that is because they meditated the word day and night. They kept saying, we need to know God's promises. We study God's promises. We get it in our heart so that when we get to that fork in the road, we know what to do. You don't necessarily, it's, when you're at the fork in the road, that's not the time to study. That's the time to take the test. When you show up and it's test day at school, that's not the time to study or try to cram. And we all know from cramming tests that you might pass the test, but you're not going to remember nothing. You're done with that test and you're thinking that's the end of it. Well, why would you spend all that money to go to school if you're not going to need to use that material later on in life? You're going to need that material again. That's why you studied it. That's why you took a test. Amen. And of course, we know if you fail the test, you got to take it over or you're not going on to the next level. Praise the Lord. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able. Caleb and Joshua, we're able. The other men, we're not able. And you got this war going on. Verse 32, and they brought up an evil report. What's that? What's an evil report? Unbelief. In other words, God said you're well able. They said we're not able. They disagreed with God. And because of that, they weren't able to do it. Not because God wasn't able and God wasn't with them, but because they decided we're not going to believe God. Verse 33, And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we became in their sight. Based on what they believed when they saw they were defeated in themselves and their faith was made shipwreck. Look at verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 24. Well, verse 23. Surely they, saw, surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto the fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me See it. How did they provoke God? Through unbelief. They would not believe God. They hardened their heart. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb, I love this, because he has another spirit. Now Joshua is included in this too. Because he had another spirit. Notice that. He had another spirit. He had another spirit. They had a spirit of unbelief. What kind of spirit did, did, did Caleb and Joshua have? A spirit of of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, we having the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. Amen. Looking not at those things which we see, but at the things which are unseen, which is the word of God. What you can see is temporal. It's subject to change. What you can't see, which is the word of God, shall live and abide forever. Praise God. 
My, spirit, my, my servant Caleb, because he hath another spirit with him, has followed me fully. Oh, I like that. He's followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whitherto he went, and his seed shall possess it. When you're in the midst of a trial and you're at a fork in the road, what you say is very important. What you say is what you believe in your heart. Remember, what they saw caused them to say certain things which became the language of unbelief. Just because you feel fear doesn't mean you're afraid. Just because you feel sick doesn't mean you're sick. Just because you feel like you're not going to make it doesn't mean you're not going to make it. You are not a feeling, you are a spirit. There was a different spirit inside Caleb and Joshua. Glory to God. Look at verse 28. Now he's, he's talking unto those that would not believe, an evil heart of unbelief. He says, well, verse 27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Why was it an evil congregation? I'm just, I'm drilling it in. Unbelief. And they murmured against God. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. You know, sometimes people don't realize that what you say, what you murmur and complain about, it's going right into the ears of God. He's hearing what you're saying. Especially because you're his children. Which they murmur against me. You tell them, verse 28, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. In other words, what you say, that's what I'm going to do. You say you can't make it, okay, you ain't going to make it. You say you're going to die here, okay, you're going to die here. What you say is what you're going to have according to the Lord God. Hallelujah. Put Numbers 14.24 up, please, in the Amplified Bible. It'll be up in the screens in just a second. I'm going to read it. But my, spirit, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Anybody got that spirit? Listen, 10 minutes ago, you could have had a spirit of unbelief. 10 minutes ago, you could have been doubting something in your life that God has promised you, that God has promised in his word. But you can change just like that. You might have been going that way, but now you can start going this way. You, it's not too late. Listen to it in the, in the New Living Translation. Put that up too, if you would, please, David. NLT. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude. Do you know faith has an attitude? Sometimes people will think it's a prideful or arrogant attitude. But faith has an attitude. Faith knows that Father God is on my side. If you're on the Lord's side, then he's on your side. And if you know he's on your side, it's going to cause your presentation to be different. It's not going to be fearful and unbelieving and doubtful. It's going to be strong and victorious. Because those who are of faith are those who overcome the world. Those who are of faith are those who are victorious. Amen. Oh, it might not look good right now, but it ain't over yet. It might look bad right now, but it ain't over yet. It might seem like it's not working right now. Oh, it's working. Oh, it's working. The Lord is on my side. Hallelujah. 
This book works every single time. God cannot fail. Can't. Cannot. They say God can do anything. Well, he cannot fail. He cannot lie. What he said is true. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. So I'm going to bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Understand that they're the only two guys that were alive at that time that went in. Now the, the, the young children, they went in, but the generation, all their parents died in the wilderness. Every one of them. When the Bible says that, that they'll live 70 or 80 years, do you know who that, that's a promise to, 70 and 80 years? That's a promise to those who were disobedient to God. The just who live by faith are promised 120 years. We should have our faith set. We're going to live 120 years old. If you're obedient, that's your promise. So if you're 40, you're like me, you're really young. Oh man, you're just starting. You're only a third of the way there. Hallelujah. Glory to Oh man, I feel younger already. Ha 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 ha. Glory. Glory. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God is looking for pure faith in the heart. Say that again. God is looking for pure faith in the heart. He's not looking at your ability. He's not looking at your accomplishments. You say, well, you know, you're a pastor. That's why you got so much faith. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Being a pastor means I'm responsible to help other people, but I first got to be a Christian. I'm a Christian before I'm a pastor. Every Christian is to live this way. Every Christian. And God doesn't call you because you're smart. God doesn't call you because you're good looking. Let, let me, I'm getting ahead of my message here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, begin with verse 24. But unto them which are called. Anybody in here been called? As a matter of fact, every one of you been called. Many are called, but few are chosen. God wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. How many does God want saved? Every single one. Every single one. But, but he's only predestinated certain ones. Says who? That ain't the word of God. He's predestinated all of us. But we have to choose to receive it. How many of the children of Israel were supposed to go into the promised land? Why didn't they go in? Because they chose to go left instead of going right. This week you're going to have opportunities to choose. This week, you're going to have a choice to go this way or go God's way. And you say, well, I don't really know what God's way is about this situation. Well, get out the book. And by the end of service today, if you don't have a book, we'll give you a book for free. There's no excuse. Don't use excuses. People who overcome, people who are successful, people who win a marathon are people who put excuses behind them. They make a decision, I'm going to win no matter what. I'm giving my all no matter what. 
They might not come in first place this year, but they're going to set their, their faith to come in first place next year. They may not come in first place next year, but they're saying next year I'm coming in first place. They are determined. Faith is determined. 